This is 88.5 FM worldwide at WMNF.org. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Nora Rahm. President Biden heads to Europe today for a series of high-stakes meetings with stops in the United Kingdom, Finland and Lithuania. NPR's Windsor Johnston reports. President Biden will first travel to London to meet with King Charles and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says Biden will then head to Lithuania to take part in a two-day NATO summit where the war in Ukraine is expected to top the agenda. When President Putin launched this war, he expected that Western unity would fracture, that NATO would break, that our support to Ukraine would wither over time. He was wrong. NATO leaders will also try to break the deadlock over Sweden's bid to join the alliance. Biden will wrap up his trip with a stop in Finland on Thursday for a meeting with Nordic leaders. Windsor Johnston, NPR News, Washington. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen wrapped up a four-day visit to Beijing today. She described her meetings with Chinese officials as direct and productive. The U.S. climate envoy is urging China to boost its international cooperation on tackling global warming. China has a vast renewable energy program but is also increasing its coal mine production. John Kerry told the BBC it's vital to find common ground with Beijing. It's the largest emitter in the world. And we need China to cooperate, and we need to cooperate with China. People are sort of in this standoff, but we can't afford to be, which is why President Biden has just had the Treasury Secretary in China talking about economics, but who also talked about climate. And uh, there will be other visits, and what we're trying to do is change the dynamic between our nations. Kerry is scheduled to visit China later this week to restart high-level talks. The National Weather Service is warning people in Arizona and South Florida to avoid the sun this weekend due to record-setting temperatures. NPR's Juliana Kim has more in the story. Over the next few days, Phoenix is forecast to reach highs of 106 to 115 degrees, with the worst of the heat forecast for midweek. The city has already been under an excessive heat warning since July 1st, and it's slated to end on July 16. But forecasters say it's likely that the extreme heat will last well beyond that. In South Florida, with the afternoon heat index ranging from 105 to 109, a heat advisory has been issued for most of Saturday. Health experts say when the heat index rises to 103 degrees, people can experience heart-related cramps, exhaustion, and even a stroke if they're outside too long. Those conditions will likely continue until Friday. Juliana Kim, NPR News. You're listening to NPR News from Washington. WNF Tampa. The Israeli legislature could vote as early as this week on plans to overhaul the nation's legal system. Tens of thousands of people took to the streets across Israel yesterday to protest. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is proposing changes that would give his allies in government more control, including the power to overturn court decisions they don't support. The BBC has been hit by another scandal. An unnamed presenter is accused of having paid a teenager for sexually explicit photos. Robbie Griffiths reports. The unnamed male BBC presenter is alleged to have paid about £35,000 or nearly US dollars for explicit photos over a three-year period, starting when the young person was 17. The young person's mother told a newspaper that her child, who's now 20, had used the money to fund a serious drug habit. The presenter has reportedly been taken off the air, but it's not clear whether they have been formally suspended. The broadcaster says it takes the allegations very seriously. 
Earlier this year, the BBC chairman was forced to resign after failing to declare his links I'm to ex-Prime Minister Boris the Johnson. Lions Robbie Club. Griffiths, NPR Lions News, Club is London. A part of a global the head of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Raphael Grossi, is in Seoul, South Korea, to, of the to address concerns about a plan to release treated wastewater from a crippled nuclear plant in Japan into the ocean. His agency approved the proposal last week, saying it meets safety standards. He met today with opposition lawmakers who said such a release may encourage other nations to dispose nuclear waste into the sea. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Pew Charitable Trusts, sharing how communities are restoring trust and solving problems on the After the Fact podcast. Available at pewtrusts.org slash after the fact. This is NPR. Your news, your views, your values. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. I'm JL Belon with the St. Petersburg Lions Club. Alliance Club is a part of a global volunteer organization challenged by Helen Keller in 1925 to be Knights of the Blind in this crusade against darkness. The St. Petersburg Lions Club took up this challenge in 1925 when our club was founded. Our clubhouse on Treasure Island Sunset Beach holds events and serves our community through vision screenings and getting support to individuals with vision impairment. Email stpetelions at gmail.com for more information. Hi, this is Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals, now airing at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. The time slot is new, but Talking Animals is in its 19th year and remains a show about animals and animal issues, chiefly revolving around a long-form interview with an important figure in the animal world. Guests have ranged from Jane Goodall to Amy Lou Harris to Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. The program also features music, comedy, news, and a quick quiz, Name That Animal too. That's Talking Animals every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WMNF. Hi, this is Mitch Perry, reporter with the Ford of Phoenix and one of the co-hosts of the new public affairs show here on WMNF called The Skinny, where we give you the real straight deal. I'll be joined every Friday morning at 11 a.m. with my co-hosts, Ben Montgomery and Ray Roa, editor-in-chief of Creative Loafing, as we get in-depth on some of the biggest stories happening in the Tampa Bay area. That's this and every Friday at 11 a.m. tuned to the Sunday Forum with Walter L. Smith II and the Fourth State crew here on 88.5 FM. You can also see us and visit us at WMNF.org. You can write us right now here on the Sunday Forum. Write DJ at WMNF.org. And we are taking your telephone calls because this is a forum. We've been talking about a number of things, including... The symbols of hate in this world, in this country, including the Confederate and the Nazi flags. And we're talking about a bunch of other things in terms of politics, presidential politics. And um, we're talking about the culture wars in this country. And we started out the show listening to Jill Scott talking about the land of the slave so let's get back to it. Taking your telephone calls, 813-239-9663, here on the Sunday Forum.
Sunday Forum. This is 88.5 WMNF. That was the Sounds of the Roots, my favorite group. Uh, very talented. Very, very talented out of Philadelphia, PA. And uh, we are back. Mobili and I are back. We're going to go to the phone lines right now. Thanks. I like that, man. I'm back. I like that. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. And, and we are talking about um, you know, these, these white nationalist groups that are out there and the people who continue to fly these treacherous and treasonous flags in this country. The slap in the face of those people who fought wars, black or white, uh, or native, or whatever you are, if you fought in these wars against these people, why on earth would you ever want to fly their flag? 
and continue to play dangerous racist politics. Oh, man. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, you know, for us, you know, if if you are, if you call yourself um, uh, a person who's not racist, come on, man, but you fly these flags <laughs> or you walk around with these things and, and you justify these these actions what what are you what are you saying exactly what what are you trying to convey and you know the worst thing is on top of that is when they use black conservative voices oh god get out there and say some of the most vile things someone out there quoting his uh hitler last week uh, a black representative of mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. uh, yeah of some kind <laughs> Okay, we're back at the phone lines, 813-239-9663. This is a Sunday forum. Go ahead, caller. You're on. Yes, this is uh, Wayne from Lakeland. All right, how you doing? Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm doing fine. Um, We're talking racism here. And uh, during uh, World War II, I had a couple of uncles and uh, some fellas from the neighborhood that served in World War II. And at the beginning of World War II, the black soldiers were not allowed to shoot at the Nazis. Hmm. Really? It really, yep. My uh, my uncle, he he was basically a caddy out there. He carried the weapons, ammunition, and, you know, handed the weapons to the... Uh, the white soldiers to shoot. Wow. But later on, doing in the war, when they couldn't help it, they were losing a lot of men. You know, they were forced to let the black uh, soldiers, you know, fire upon the uh, Nazis. Mm, wow. Later That's on, crazy. later on in the war. That is, that is, I did not know that. Yeah, so you guys are just didn't surprise me, but that, that, yeah, yeah that, did not, that did not know that. But it makes sense, though. It that, does. Yeah. It actually does. I mean, given it's the same type, same type of attitude that was taken during the Civil War. Exactly. Uh, same thing happened then. No too. Negroes with guns. Right, right. Right, wow. right. And uh, you, they did away with affirmative action, Supreme Court did, but except for military schools. So they still have, um, uh, you know, the military was the first institution to actually have uh, affirmative action. Right. It was, yeah, it was one of the first of the modern civil rights movement changes Mm -hmm. is to integrate the armed forces. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, civil rights leaders back then, like uh, A. Philip Randolph, they met, they met with uh, President um, Truman. Oh, and, okay, yeah, well, yeah, okay, I got you. Right, right, and uh, convinced them. Well, it was Eleanor who really went out and right. you know did the work because you know our politicians are. They're looking like if I do this, you know, I'm going to lose the South. <laughs> this and that, you know, they got to look. Good. But Eleanor was the one who really did the work. Excuse my phone there, but um, uh, yes, and those those symbols. You know, they try to act like, uh, oh, this and that. Uh, it was about stage right, and that's not the flag. That's not the Confederate flag. But when I was seeing, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Klan and, you know, protest by them, I always saw that particular flag. So I associate that with, they. you know, they, they try to, uh, you know, Sugarcoat everything, but we know, yes, we know what the flag meant. Yes, and sir. one more thing. I was in uh, Germany, speaking of the uh, Nazi flag. We went to Germany uh, about 15 years ago, and Germany shut down for a week to celebrate Dr. King. A whole week. Mm-hmm. A whole week. How, how ironic is that? Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, hey, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate that. We appreciate yes, you. Call back. We want to hear more. Um, you know, soldier sure. story. Yeah, yeah we want to hear more of that. Okay. All righty. All right. All right. We appreciate All right. that. We appreciate All that. Right. Mm-hmm. 
That was pretty cool, man. Yes, it was. You know, I you know I listened. To, I used to listen to my dad talk for hours, man. And, and you know, and especially when he was with his friends, these guys were older than I was, and I mean, much older. And oh my gosh, man! And I bet you they could weave a tail. Oh <laughs> man! And, and and what they said was amazing, amazing mm-hmm. stories, man, amazing stories. Um, yeah, we should listen, and I I support encourage young people listen to the elders absolutely to their stories to their history that's where you're going to learn some true history you're going to hear things that you that you would not believe you'd be like whoa wait a minute what (laughs) yeah that that happened but it happened so let's let's go to the next call go ahead caller you're on the sunday forum hi good morning gentlemen um very briefly, before I get to today's topic, I just want to circle back a little bit last week when uh, Mabili took an email at the end of the program and the individual said what Mabili read was, the Zionists is applauding the end of affirmative action, but yet supporting the only Jewish state. I offer $1,000 as a donation to the Sunday Forum debate that individual on the air with Walter being the mediator. So, uh, Walter Smith, you can be the mediator, and Mobili knows who sent the email. I'll donate $1,000 to your program. Let's move on. I'll be surprised if that individual is man enough to do that or woman enough to do that. With regard to um, the topic at hand, you know, People's values and principles are very complex, and there's always a litmus test. Hello? Oh, we're here. We're here. Okay. And, um, you know, the Patrice Lumumba discussion actually was a university set up in Russia, and uh, the Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas, got his Ph.D. from that university, and much of the Ph.D. is about the Holocaust denial. Uh, the other issue is that the Nazis, Hitler, had tried to form an alliance in discussion with the Palestinian leader, Grand Mufti Hashemina Husseini, about having the final solution in the Middle East. But yet... You turn to America, the United States, and talking about the Confederate flag. The ACLU had a Jewish attorney, David Goldberger, in 1978. A Jew represented the Nazis to be able to march through Skokie, Illinois, dressed in Nazi uniforms and swastika armbands. Because of the principle of the first amendment he lost a lot of friends his life changed but he represented the principle it's very difficult in this united states that we are absolute in our principles jill scott i have no qualms about her singing the national her perspective of the national anthem there's no price to pay in civil disobedience in Western civilization. Gandhi could not do what he did against the Nazis. So we live in a great country where we can do those things. That's a lot of price. My question is, what would your view be of a black attorney representing someone to fly the Confederate flag I've met people who who have who've, uh, who have actually done that. They've been on the show before, um, and I don't necessarily. I don't. I'm not uh, a fan of anybody who would do such a thing, uh, especially if they're especially if they were black. I would have a hard time understanding why they would do something like that. A very hard time, even and and, and that's based off of just principle, just based off personal principle. Uh, and even professional principle. There's it's just, it's, it's a, let me tell you something, man. Uh, while I understand the concept of the First Amendment, we all do understand that. There are still, um, 
it doesn't make it any less despicable, right? And and if I am looking, if I'm living in a situation right now where I have a governor who would waste his time to worry about whether trans, what bathroom a person uses or not, so much so that they would put them in jail for it. Uh, then damn it, I'm gonna sit up there and I, I would, if I were governor, I tell you right now, I would do something that was more, that was more, that was uh, uh, probably more useful, and I'd actually sit up there and I would, I would, I would extinguish uh, uh, that this particular issue by making it a a mandate that if you were, if you fly these treasonous flags, you will go to jail. Period. That would be my. That would be the mandate I would make. That's just me. Well, we, uh, we, somebody else might have might have a different opinion about that. We have had an an, uh, an example here in in Tampa where there was a black man driving around in a Confederate car with a Confederate flag on, and I think it was a protest against a business that he was having problems with a major mm-hmm. big box store. Crunk he man. was having a problem. Those crunk man, crunk man had no <laughs> problem doing it. Uh, and then you have a uh, gentleman who was on our show. Uh, with the Confederate, uh, the Confederate, uh, uh, the, the black gentleman, I forget his name now, uh, who was here in studio with us a few years ago with Les Miller uh, in opposition, of course. And this was around about the time that uh, I came back from South Carolina uh, from from um, interviewing people in South Carolina, and we were we were getting rid of uh, worrying about we were getting rid of the statues at the time. And so these these are things that we've done in studio that we covered here on this show. There was so, also the the very artful red, black, and green Confederate flag that two brothers right. Right, that was cool. in Atlanta came up with. That was pretty so cool. that was a that was really a protest. That was a flag. great protest, I think. Is he gone? Yeah. Oh. Looks like call back, Simon. I, yeah, call back, man. There are no other callers on the line right now. 813-239-9663. 813-239-9663. That was another call coming in, and then when I clicked it, I think Lost Simon's went away. So I wasn't doing that on purpose, Simon. We weren't, Simon. Please call back. <laughs> uh, you want to finish your point. Uh, but, yeah, that that Confederate flag can be artfully used as protest. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get the First Amendment thing. Um, but nah, we we need to stop hiding behind that as an excuse for for really bad Pushing behavior. Message, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to say the least, bad behavior. So let, let's let's go let's go back to this article. I have another article as a follow up to this. Okay, so we're seeing in this nation what we would think would be the rise, uh, the second rise to white uh, white supremacist groups, right? Um, and so this particular article that I, I was talking about earlier came from uh, the Associated Press, and this is a this was talking about. Uh, uh, let me just read it, okay? Just read it, all right? A publishing company that puts out white nationalist literature and is run by a man who praises Hitler uh, reportedly saw its data leaked. <laughs> okay resulting in the world getting a glimpse into how the hateful ideology is spread online. So it exposed white nationalist ideologies being spread online and how this is done, right? And self-described white nationalist Greg Johnson is the head of Countercurrents Publishing, which insists white people are under attack, end quote and encourages white people to promote their white heritage. Data from that website was leaked, providing additional details about the highly secretive publisher, according to the Guardian's report. A data leak from the website, and I I quote, a data leak from the website of a white nationalist publisher has revealed recordings, published and unpublished documents, and hitherto private interview recordings that shed light on the way in which the organization promotes its ideology online, end quote. The outlet reported on Sunday, open quote, the internal data from Countercurrents 
a publishing house co-founded and run by notoriously secretive far-right ideologue Greg Johnson was exposed in an Amazon cloud storage container that was left unlocked on the open internet. End quote. Oh, guys, that's got an <laughs> ouch. That's got a sting. That's got a sting. Got to be more careful, guys. Got to be more careful. <laughs> So uh, say it in your Friday voice. Uh, got to, got be, to more. be more careful. <laughs> Flip. <laughs> Up your butt. So while a lot of the information appears to be already published by the site, there's also new data, the Guardian wrote. Much of the leaked trove consists of archives, plugins, and configuration files for the countercurrent website. Many of the material in the cache matches images, audio files, and documents currently published on the CounterCurrent website. Matching files include audio files of CounterCurrent radio podcasts, PDF documents of far-right books the organization has shared with readers, and image files, it wrote. Some of the material in the cache, however, has never been published. Okay. One example of an unpublished item was a controversial interview with his co-founder. One such file was a recording, and this is a quote, one such file is a recording of a 2017 interview between an American journalist and CounterCurrent's co-founder, Michael Polignano. Polignano. Wow. Was billed in the, in the site's early days as managing editor and webmaster of countercurrents, and who has lived in the Hungarian capital of Budapest since 2014, The Guardian wrote on Saturday. So now, here it is. Guys, you know, this information finally, you know, this information is being leaked out, right? So, so they caught with the pants down. Information's out, and they don't like it. Hey, they don't like right. being exposed, even though they always want free speech. They always want free expression. But as soon as you expose them, <laughs> you know, right. they, they they try to, you know, backtrack. Mm-hmm. Say, you're taking me out of context and all of that. So it's always right. interesting. They, uh, they want to be vile, but when you catch them, they want to backtrack. Right, of course. And, and of course, you, you know, one of the funniest things I I I, I just enjoy this so much is when I see these these guys uh, who are white nationalists get caught, right? The closet on that white nationalist, and they get caught out there uh, in the streets, marching and carrying on with, with the flag and everything. Oh, 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 my God! They try to cover up their face and everything. We get caught, like these guys I'm looking at right now on you know on the computer. Somebody's an executive. Somebody is trying is going to be trying to move forward with uh, with their lives and try to hide these things. But, you know, sooner or later, this gets out. Yeah. This gets out. I mean, they use the, they use the, the sheets over their heads. You yeah. Know, it was for effect, but it was also to hide their identity because these were the, the sheriffs and the judges and the, the people who, you, who society is supposed to d- depend on to bring justice. You know, these were the ones wearing the hoods <laughs> over their heads, you know. Right. And right. so... Yeah. Listen, we, now we, they can hide. But we, but you see what we're doing right now. We're putting information out there for folks to understand. I just read to you information about these things. I read, you know what I read? I read clan information. I read. Mm-hmm. I go to their website just so I'll be up on what they what they're doing, what they're thinking. I hope you cover yourself in some kind of armor first, you know, right. <laughs> what? so you don't get infected. Right, 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 exactly, exactly. I cut myself in the armor of the book of Ephesians. Okay. <laughs> so I won't, I won't act up. Uh, like my grandma used to say, don't be acting up. But, uh, <laughs> but we, we're going we're gonna to talk about this, this next thing that came up, and that is uh, the perspective then that these same white, because they'll, they'll have you thinking that they, they're not existing, that they're, they're just, they're just, they're, they're, we're thinking from one perspective that, um, well, there's a lot of these white nationalist groups coming out, right? But then there's another guy who is saying who, that they're not coming out quite as largely as we think they are. That as a matter of fact, he suggests 
that we are that they are, that they are dissolving these um, these groups now, right? They're falling. They're falling by the wayside. So let's. And I recognize I made the mistake of saying we. I'm not a white nationalist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at it's, it's the same old adage though is follow the money, you know, because I'm right. looking at the meteoric rise of the Moms for Liberty, for instance. You mm-hmm. know, these people just came out of nowhere, right. taking over school boards and promoting violence. Mm-hmm. They promote white nationalist violence at school board meetings, so they could. Uh, Cow, make the school board kowtow to their mm-hmm. demands, you know, no matter how irrational they are, like the demand that if one child, one parent and one child doesn't like a book, then the whole population, student population has to be denied that book or those books that that one parent didn't like, you know. I don't like, you know, a lot of the violence in the Bible. So there are people who are talking about getting rid of the Bible, which probably should always have been not allowed in schools of all places, but, you know, you can still make that point. The conservatives can always have that contradiction thrown in their face. And, you know, it's it's high time that we start doing that. But I wonder where the money, because there's a lot of funding for these groups, for them to have had such a meteoric rise. They have, like, they claiming to have over tens of thousands of members nationwide, or at least in the Republican-controlled states, you know, and they're doing more than just, you know, bastardizing the and making violent the school board meeting. That was someone who who took a gun to a school board meeting and started shooting them up. You know, this is before all of this madness. So somebody has been playing on right-wing anger and fears and backing it up. With their money in Florida has become an epicenter oh, big for time. all of this big racism. This and now with this idiot doing what he's done, right? He now he now is is um, in the in the is, legislature. Oh right? yeah, by by allowing people to do this, have, have this, walk around with these guns without a permit, right? On them, uh, you know, people going to no be training. claiming misunderstandings, and they don't they didn't know this because it was because the law is vague, right? No. Such as what happened in Clearwater when the when the white guy got uh, knocked on the ground because the black man thought that he was harassing his his wife, right. you know, and the white man on the ground immediately responds with pulling out a gun and shooting him and claiming standing your ground, you know. Right. So you're going to see more of that, which is why I think white nationalist groups supported uh, legislations like stand your ground, of course, so that there could be a permission. To go and shoot folks. Right. That, that were undesirable. Remember when I said other people were trying to call? I don't know if Simon has gotten back in, but we have so many other callers waiting we got to em. talk. We got them. Um, listen, uh, go to, folks, go to Alternet and look up the story written by Brandon Gage, G-A-G-E. It was written yesterday. has been put out, and they're losing, is the title. Author explains why white supremacist groups are dissolving. Um, check it out. Uh, I'm going to read part of it, and then we're going to go into this. Uh, journalist and author Wesley Laurel explained on Saturday's edition of the Saturday slash Sunday show with John and Capehart how the American white supremacist movement has evolved away from big organizational, big organizational and hierarchy hierarchical groups such as the Ku Klux Klan into peppering acts of vigilante violence throughout, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Just like you said. Right. Um, let's go to the phone calls. Let's go to the phone calls. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Hello? Hello? Yes. Uh, this is James from Lakeland, and uh, I have a solution for the stigma on the Confederate flag situation. Um, all we need to do is just devalue it. By that, I mean... We take it to be our own. We fly it in our yards. We get vanity plates for our cars, T-shirts, baseball caps, and, and we wear it. And, 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 and we use it for our own. And therefore, it would devalue it and not to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, we if we make it cool. <laughs> but I still think it should be red, black, and green. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. If we did that, yeah. If we did that, yeah, possibly. 
Um, yeah. Thank you, Carl. Long. Yeah, thank you very much, Carl. We appreciate that. Uh, next <laughs> next hey, caller. Go ahead, Carla. You're on the Sunday Forum. Well, first of all, thank God for your show. Like, okay. I was out swimming in the Gulf this morning at 7 a.m. thinking, I got to get back home in time to listen to this show. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm thank you very much. Two miles a day when I when I don't you know when there's not like uh, jet ski attacks. And um, today I was just thinking, truth, incredible discussion, no censorship, wonderful radio voices, and people with the fire and passion of true progressives are available from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Sundays at WMNF. Now, <laughs> before I talk about a couple of political things, I want to give you a suggestion for marketing yourselves and other WMNF hosts. This is not just, this won't be boring to the listeners. There's a blog citizen journalism website that is incredibly influential and viewed by tens of thousands a day worldwide. It's called Daily Cause, K-O-S, D-A-I-L-Y-K-O-S. You guys could go on there and repurpose the topics from your from your shows as well as any other topics. Give the readers, because this is an international uh, magazine viewed by progressives and Democrats and others like us everywhere, and then talk about the show, even if you could, they could let you embed audio and video. It may be embed archived clips of the show. I guarantee you that you would build a huge following at this site. There are already other African-American influencers there who have less quality content than you guys put out in 10 minutes. So, you know, I really believe in, in what you're doing, and your personalities are perfect for fiery advocacy journalism. Very few other people have that, and we need you to have an international scope, and you could easily do it at Daily Cause. They allow you to post anything you want as long as it doesn't violate their site rules, and you guys would love to fit in there and get a following, and then from there, the sky's the limit. Podcasting, YouTube channel, um, money being thrown at you, limousines, uh, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, everything. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> so, appreciate that. so now, really, D-A-I-L-Y-K-O-S, anybody can write an article, and you guys could just repurpose your act and also put at the bottom of each article, we are one of the few real community radio stations with community organic content. We are one of the few black voices shows anywhere that has the fire and passion of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, John Lennon, and old white men like me. And you guys have a marketable you know, thing that is media savvy, and it's, there's very few other people telling the truth like you are. The only other one I can think of is a bunch of white dudes, including Michael Cohen, on this YouTube channel called Midas Touch. They get on there and rant, like Cohen, especially Cohen is on there saying, Donald, Donald, you are such a traitor. You suck. I'm coming for you. You think you can sue me? I'm suing you. This is, this. you guys have, the fire that you guys have, that's one of the only other channels of media where you hear the same blunt and when people call in and it's weird like I just got back from swimming and every time I turn the dial on in my car that dude is on there with Zionism and, and, and pro-Jewish stuff last week he was belittling the suffering of black people by saying the Jewish people suffered more I mean does that guy not and I remember when Lori and them had all those shows that guy was calling in constantly with the same act I mean come on dude get with it this is not about this is not the, the Jewish oppression hour. This is about the black experience, which translates to the experience of all of us who are held down by idiots like this Satan and his ugly, freaky, theocratic wife who looks like a combination of a Handmaid's Tale and Stepford. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an authentic person. And he, he, he's failing, you know, he's failing. I love that interview from Fox, remember? The Fox interview. Yes, yes. He had, Folks, look it up if you haven't seen it. Brett yes. Bear on Fox. Or was it? No, it wasn't Brett Bear. That was Trump. Somebody else on Fox said to, to Satan, it's, it's on Midas Touch, said to him into his face, you know, Ron, I like you and everything, and I'm a conservative, but there's something wrong with you. You just don't connect with people. He said it right to his face. Wow. He, Satan just looked like he was going to cry. <laughs> yeah, he freaks out, but he doesn't take that very well. No, he, he started. 
started mm-hmm. looking not like his angry Mussolini face, where he does that to reporters, especially women and black reporters. He, he, he looked like a little boy from Dunedin, which is what he is, you know. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, now, I don't know if we're allowed to... Look, I can say what I'm going to say. I'm a citizen journalist. I'm from here. And <clears throat> Ronnie grew up not far from where I grew up. Ronnie grew up in Dunedin, Florida. And I think one of his problems with LGBTQ is that he hung out at a certain park where, <clears throat> let's just say that you might be exposed to some of your alternate orientations that you don't want to accept. <laughs> and Ronnie, uh, he's, he's got a, he, doesn't he look twisted? And I'll just leave you with this. The kind of hatred, what, to motivate a white supremacist crazy person, like the one who just got convicted and got 90, what, life, 90 life sentences mm, right. because he was following the Tucker Carlson playbook. Yeah. You know the one in El Paso. Oh, yeah. The son of a bitch. So these people, if hate must be a drug, hate and the desire to harm the other, it, it, it must, you know, I hate to say it, but Jesus or, or the Beatles said all you need is love. Jesus said, love your neighbor like you love yourself. And most people believe that God is love and that love is the greatest force in the universe. But it seems like hate is winning. Yeah, it seems like it. That's just one side. Us love people. Like, what can see the problem with us people who are not violent, who are not just itching? Like, I hate Trump and all of his people. I really do. I hate them. But I don't want to shoot them. Right. I, I just, I, I think I said to you guys last time, you know what I'm looking for? And I'll get off here. I know you got other cars. I want a time machine, like in this movie called The Butterfly Effect. Okay. I, all the people oh, I have a list, Trump, goodness. Bannon, uh, all of the evil ones who hate, who hate all of us, white or black, they just hate us because we're not, we're not stupid. They hate us because we're not stupid, because we're not in the cult. I want to go back in time for each of them. It'll take some work and just prevent their conception. <laughs> That's not cruel, you see. I don't want to shoot them or put them in jail or make them suffer for who they are. I just want them never to have been born. And that would, you know, but I'm working on the time machine, but it's not, I can't get it, brothers. I just can't make it. If you can help. (laughs) You want to change the timeline. Remove these people from, you know, but the only bad thing is in this, I hate to say this. If I remove Trump, which would be first on my list, along with Hitler and, uh, you know, well, God, how many, they could get Bull Connor. Yeah, in fact, so <laughs> if, if we remove Trump, the really heartbreaking thing for the entire world that no one will ever get over is that that means no Ivanka. <laughs> Good one. I love you guys. Everybody Amen. should call up and give you money. Everybody should call up and say they love you. Everybody should promote this show everywhere and make these two guys into iconic African American worldwide podcast media pundits. Thank man. you, man. I'm down with that. I, I love it. it. I love it. Else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By any means necessary. <laughs> We appreciate right, you, man. To the next caller, the probably who thinks that was a crazy old white man. Yeah, but we love it. Thank I you. Love it. We appreciate <laughs> it, man. Thank you for this great show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Peace thank to you, you. bye <laughs> We ought to make him a bit, man, for the show. <laughs> we definitely got to say that call for the promo. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday Forum. Good morning, peace and blessings. Good morning, Good morning. Queen Mother. How you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm thinking about all of our wonderful uh, warriors, heroes, sheroes before us that continue to fight for our liberation. And so I personally don't care uh, if they fly a flag every day, every week, where they put it at. I mean, we contend with the red, white, and blue. Then we have to contend with all of the policies coming from this national flag that has not served the interests of African people, whether we fought in World War two, three, Vietnam War, uh, Korean War. It, it, it don't matter. It really don't matter. Because in their minds, uh, in spite of everybody, they, they have had to fight on this planet. It always come back to black hate. It is always something that uh, they have to show their uh, superiority over us. And I think our only remedy right now in terms of our tools that we have is our economic power. It's the power to, because 
uh, you know, outside love of themselves is the love of money. And we need to be building plans consistently of educating our people, not just spending, you know, to spend, but to spend with consciousness. Not to spend uh, just to flash, but to utilize our dollars as power. Mm-hmm. And if not, I, I don't see getting to the Supreme Court is going to change anything. Uh, local elections don't seem to matter. Even when we have a cast of all Democrats at the city council, we see the ongoing realization through their agenda every week. It is not to fix the problems of ongoing oppression of black people. So I, I just believe we're going to have to get it together and stop the mental chase or the physical chase of trying to change them. But how then do we stand in this moment of history, uh, like the wonderful work of, of, of the Black Panther Party, the civil rights movements of the 50s and 60s, and just simply say no more. Sure. Because we simply will not have anything um, as people get ready to gear up for this big national election. Uh, we see people that's running locally and do not have the best interests of black people. So I, I just wanted to just lay that out. You know, they let them fly every flag they want to fly. We simply need to just figure out how to hold our dollars. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much, Queen Mother. Is she still on? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Queen Mother, are you there? No, she just left. Oh, man. <laughs> but she makes an excellent point. Yes, you she know, does. There's she a does. Miami Herald opinion piece that's out right now this weekend that I think echoes what Sister Connie was just saying, saying the opinion is woke isn't going to die in DeSantis's Florida. It's just taking its dollars elsewhere. And that is a lot of what is happening. You have caused this state to already lose out economically. There's so many conventions that have changed their minds about coming here. And you have just tried to sit around and ignore it, but you can't. There's a lot of dollars that have already been lost. And if this guy keeps going, you're going to lose more. That's right. That's right. Um, and, 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 you know, Garth Reeves, who was the publisher of the Miami uh, newspaper, uh, black newspaper, used to always say, you know, when he, my, my parent, when we were growing up, we owned the newspaper, the Capital Outlook in Tallahassee, which was the weekly, black weekly newspaper in Tallahassee. And Garth Reeves, who owned the Miami um, Weekly newspaper, would would frequently come in. We we come in contact with him all the time. And I remember the conversations that that he and my parents would have about these issues uh, that we faced. And the solution was our dollars. You know, if we withdraw our dollars collectively, it would be very, very effective, more effective than what we've been doing. Right. And, And you know, capitalism also depends on the uh, consumerism of the people. So, yeah, boycotts and pulling your dollars, uh, and even not just classical boycotts, just not spending at the rate that you were, you know, helps make a point. Mm -hmm. And you're going to you're going to speak very loud with that dollar voice, that economic voice. Want to go back to the phone lines? I know yeah, you've been let's, waiting, caller. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Go ahead, caller. You're on the Sunday forum. Hi, it's Simon again. You just you asked me to call you back to finish my thoughts. So I, okay. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm happy that we have a citizen journalist in Dunedin, the Walter Lippmans or the IF Stones out there. Uh, boy. Anyway, um, you know, society is very malleable. We have a lot of movements that go on. They're not, uh, there's a lot of uh, cogs and wheels, a lot of movements. How will we know when there's emancipation 
for the black community. And I, I just finished a book. It's called Black Liberation and Socialism. I don't know if you've read it by Frank Chapman. Mm-hmm. And um, I found it intriguing because he said that the proportion of population in the black community hasn't changed since 1900. It's still at 14 percent. Um, so I, I don't know how. Wait a minute. The population did, it did, hasn't changed. The proportion of population. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The proportion of population hasn't changed. He made a statement that it's still 14 percent as it was uh, then, as it is now. But, but um, if we live in a Walter Smith world, a Connie Burton world, a Petromobili world, and we have utopia, how do we distinguish between black power, black pride, white power, white pride, right now the distinction is power. But if we live in a utopian world, how do we distinguish between those? So, utopian world. Well, I can tell you right now. Um, uh, in the context of, of power, um, I would say, number one, that the application of power would be very different in our utopian world uh, as opposed to as opposed to white power then we we live in the white power situation right now (laughs) and and we've been living that for over 400 and some years plus um just check the record globally so your world and my world and connie's world would be utopia i guess yeah i mean this i mean which would be the, good the to white me. power. Yeah, we could make a very big distinction between the white power uh, structure and and that world of utopia, that type of utopia because we live in it now. Go ahead, Carla. You're the last word. Go ahead. What's up? What's going on, brother African? Hey, what's going on, brother African? How you feeling, man? I just wanted to say, man. Um, listen, I, I appreciate what um, the callers have said, especially you know the, the comments that Sister Connie made about economics. And what, what, what we need to understand, though, is uh, <laughs> whether we trade and, you know, how we trade and how we use the economic, all, all that stuff is, you know, that, that, that the, the, the politics is economic. And so we understand the important role economics play in the politics. The thing is, though, we, we, we oftentimes seem to overlook the responsibility we have to protect uh, or to control those economics. Like even if we spend black and dedicate our money to black and all that, we still don't control it. Uh, you know, we saw that with Black Wall Street. We saw with, you know, you know, they, if they want to bomb it, blow it up, burn it. We saw it with Central uh, Central Avenue right here in Tampa. You know, at the modern time. Like, you know, so whenever they, the people who own, the, the people who control the modes of production, and right now it's a colonial capitalist mode of production, as Chairman Mali is telling teachers us all the time. You know, the people who control the modes of, of, of production controls the, the economics, the politics, and the rest of it. So it's not enough just to spend the, uh, 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 um, you know, uh, uh, well, what am I trying to say? To, 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 to have a conscious spending, you know, uh, uh, to be conscious in our spending, what we have to do is, is, is work to control, uh, you know, the, change the mode of production so that the people are in control of, uh, you know, the economics and the politics and the power that comes with, uh, you know, uh, being in control of our political lives. So I just wanted to, you know, say that, man. Like, you know, this, there, there has only been one person, one answer, uh, uh, let me say it differently. For, for the past 50 years, there's only been one person and one answer. Uh, the answer's always been there, though. Marcus Garvey said it, Africa, Africans and, you know, at home and abroad. You know, I mean, so it's always been clear. African people need to control our lives, all of it, economic, political, military. We need to control our lives. And there's, there's no other person other than Chairman Mali Teller who's put forth the science of African internationalism to help us control our lives, and we got to do that. And I don't know, you know there's no need for any, everybody don't have to be the leader. It's okay to be a follower. If you don't have the science, if you ain't done the work, if you ain't been in the trenches for 50 years, if you ain't been doing the reading, the studying, the traveling, the, all, all the stuff necessary to develop the theory of African internationalism to lead us forward, it's okay to be a follower. You ain't got to be the leader. Everybody ain't got to wear the chief hat. It's okay to wear the lieutenant hat. Like, everybody, people can be followers. Follow African internationalism, the, the leadership of the African 
African People's Socialist Party and Chairman Mali should tell her, and we're going to get what we need to be. We're going to control our economics, we control our politics, we control our, uh, our military might. And I know I'm running out of time, so. Hey, man, Uru, thank you, brother. Uru. You know, I appreciate you coming out. All right, all right. Uh, hey. I, need to, I need to say that, man. Every, we can be followers. Be a follower. You ain't got to be a leader. Your name ain't got to be the name on the highlight, you know, on the first page and all that. You can be a follower and, and be just as important to our movement as African That's right. Exactly. That's exactly right. Hey, we appreciate That's your right. call, man. Yeah. And we appreciate all the calls and participation of everybody out there in the forum, uh, in the forum family. Uh, and as always, this is Walter L. Smith II, the voice of the Tampa Bay area, along with my main man, Mobili and the Fourth Estate crew, yep. saying to everybody out there, from our voice to the radio wave, to the hearts and the minds of the people, we love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it here on WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Postmodern Who Nanny is coming your way next, following headlines from National Public Radio News.